You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive Scottish football content. Hi folks and welcome to the latest episode of the SM Media Scottish Football Show. I'm Scott Pike. It's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. And I'd like to welcome this week's guest. It's a pleasure as always to welcome to the show, Lewis Anderson. Lewis, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Scott. Good to be back on. Uh, it's been a couple of months and I'm looking forward to, to getting back into it. Yeah, you've picked a, you've picked a good episode. We've got a, a lot to get through here. Some of it positive, some of it maybe not so much. We do have a, a new segment in the show. We're going to have Shocker of the Week which I'm keen to get your thoughts on later on. We'll touch on that later on. Where else to start but Easter Road? The the inevitability, what felt like, the, like a matter of time became a reality. Hib 6, Aberdeen now. Obviously, Jim Goodwin didn't really last much long after that. Lewis, there's a lot to get through here. We'll start, obviously, with the, the, the big news of the, the game. Obviously, some result for Hibs, but... It felt it was only a matter of time after that one. You could even feel just it, it probably shouldn't have got to that stage, which is something I wanted to speak about later on, but it just felt the end of the road was coming. Yeah, yeah, the writing was on the wall. I think, um, obviously, what was it, three goals inside the, the first half as well. Um, yeah, it was a, a, another shambolic performance. I think Dave Cormack summed it up uh, really well when he addressed the media afterwards. Uh, he was humiliated, embarrassed, and... Um, yeah, as you said, it, it should never have been the case that Jim Goodwin was in charge of this game um, for, from an Aberdeen point of view. Um, uh, yeah, certainly performance level, Hibs absolutely battered them um, in that first half. And credit to them, you know, considering that they've had their, their recent troubles as well um, with, uh, with Lee Johnson in charge there. A lot has been uh, kind of talked about around uh, their... Their, their quality lacking, particularly in their squad this season. Um, but uh, their players, his players certainly stepped up from, unlike uh, what the Aberdeen players promised uh, Goodwin um, pre-match, which, uh, you know, I think uh, Goodwin's only part of the problem um, yeah. at Aberdeen at the moment. And uh, I think that needs to be uh, recognised. The thing, the, the thing from an Aberdeen perspective you've got to look at is, the statement during the week. The statement during the week read very much to me of he has to he has to win this game. We're thinking of sacking him, but we want to give him this game to make sure. You're just I've said this how many times have I said this about managers? When when the fan base have lost when you've lost the fan base, the thing I have with it is if results had been fine up until that Darvel game, he probably would have survived that. He mm-hmm. would have probably that would have been put down to maybe just a bad day at the office, uh, a cup shock, shall we say. The results were very, very poor for a while. The Hearts game, he probably shouldn't have got... No, um, I mean, and we're talking about a guy who's lost his job, a family, and that's, that is the side of this we need to look at as well. Yep. But it was a losing battle for him. I mean, he was even if he'd won yesterday, he would yeah. have just gone the next gate, the next big defeat. Even... And, even- games that they'd won Scott as well they weren't yeah. particularly impressive mm-hmm. um, you know I think they beat St Johnson 2-0 at Pataudry and by all accounts they were fortunate to come away with a two-goal scoreline that day um, I think you know go, it all goes back to, to start the World Cup as well you know the yeah. way they lost the game to Rangers in particular was a that felt like the beginning of the downward spiral really um, and as you said the last couple of weeks the writing's really been on the wall um, and the, the, the Darvel result, I mean, for a, for a club the size of Aberdeen, um, it's it's unforgivable, really. Yeah, as much as I, as, as obviously as much as I, I like the result for Dar- like looking at it, obviously knowing the people at Darvel and things like that, Aberdeen should never be losing to Darvel. No disrespect to Darvel, Aber- a club like Aberdeen should not be losing to a club like Darvel. But again, when you look at performance, it was a fair result. Aberdeen did not look. I know the goalkeeper made good saves. Aberdeen did not look in the game. If you know your manager is under pressure, you know that. I, th- I thought the statement during the week was ludicrous, and I kind of want to raise this point about Dave Cormack in a wee minute. But the players obviously weren't trying a leg yesterday. 
and defensively, I think they look very, very frail. I think they're really, really weak at the back. I'm not mad keen on the the captain. Stuart, I no, yeah, don't think he's. I don't think he's at it. There's talk today of a, a new goalkeeper coming from Ajax and loan. Who's sanctioning that? The thing with Dave Cormack is, is that he clearly doesn't know at the moment, and this isn't a knock on him. He clearly doesn't know how to run a football club on that sense. He's had two managers. They haven't worked out for different reasons. The first one, he obviously had the personal connection to Stephen Glass. The second one was very much a, I don't think it was a Dave Cormack. I think he was probably led to that decision by other people. We now have a, there's a football development board or something along the, those lines. What are they doing at the moment? What is their plan here? Because if you look at the... I know bookmakers' odds are very, very... It's not the place to go with for like concrete evidence, mm-hmm. but that is a very uninspiring list if that is anywhere near who Aberdeen are looking at. Yeah, exactly. As you say that, if, you, if you're to ask any Aberdeen fan right now, I wouldn't... You know, there would be no real names that really jump out at you. Um, maybe the likes of you know, maybe Chris Wilder, there was talk about them potentially going um, a Danny Cowley option. Um, you know, Chris Wilder, I can't see happening. I can't no. see, unless Chris Wilder is... Because the one thing Dave Cormack has done, he's backed his managers financially. But he would have to do that yeah. a lot for somebody like Chris Wilder. Chris Wilder could probably walk into any job in the championship at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, and and the, the big issue for the the new manager coming in is obviously there's going to be a lot of pressure on Cormac. He needs to get this one right, third time lucky. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't, then you know there's already eyes on Cormac, the board, the, the 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 recruitment team behind the scenes as well. You've got to remember whoever coming is ever going to take up the the, the Pataudry job is going to have to inherit the squad. Yeah, quite frankly, they've got players on huge wages at the moment. <laughs> And uh, they're not fit fit to wear the jersey at all. You talk defensively there, Anthony Stewart. I mean, to we spoke about it in the summer about him being handed the captaincy, you know, on the back of a couple of training sessions. It yeah. seemed a bit strange um, initially, and then yeah, alongside him, Liam Scales, I thought was dreadful yesterday. Albeit, you know, he got sent off in the game as well. Um, positionally, I thought he was poor down at Darville the other night. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as he said, I mean. That they've just been leaking goals left, right, center. Um, it's one of those ones, you know, it's the right decision that Goodwin has departed. However, I do feel from somewhat that you know the players haven't, um, they, they say they've they've had the support, they, they've got full support, the manager, but they certainly haven't shown it. No. Um, so and 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 as you said, I mean, on the back of the Darville game. You know, I feel Dave Cormack was wrong in, you know, not firing him there and then after the match, you know, allowing him. As he said in the statement, it was a case of, if you do not win at Easter Road, you're out the door. Yeah. So, and I, that's the thing as well, like with, with Jim Goodwin, I don't think Jim Goodwin's going to struggle to get another job because he has a good track record up until Aberdeen, done well at St Marin, done well at Alloa. He is, yep. he is a decent manager. The problem is, did that was that a good fit? And that's where Dave Cormack, I think, needs to be questioned. That it didn't feel like a good fit at the time. It was more a he's one of he's probably the, the best up and coming manager in the country. Let's give him a chance at a big club. That doesn't always work, and I know it does, but sometimes it doesn't. And one thing with Jim Goodwin, when you look at that team, the one thing you look at is they 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 are, they seem to be a team playing the right kind of football. I'm not sure that's a Jim Goodwin team. Like the ta- um, Tactically, I think he's more defensive-minded. I think that's why he did so well at St Mirren, mm-hmm. because he was he made them hard to beat. Aberdeen, if you're, if you're sacrificing defensively to be much better going in a forward sense, that's why you're leaking so many goals. You shouldn't be going against the two teams, probably in a similar budget. You shouldn't be going to Edinburgh twice in a week and losing 11 goals. Yes, that's a sackable offence in itself. Where now for Aberdeen, though? What, what does, does, he, does Dave Cormack, Barry Robson's in just now, obviously an interim charge. There seems to be a couple of people around him. It's a footballing board decision, we're told. Does he try and just see the season out or does he try and get somebody in just now like he did? Like he has the past couple of seasons 
Does he just try and get somebody? Just try and steady the ship until the end of the season. I don't think they're in relegation trouble. I think there's, I think they're fine in that sense. And do you just completely refresh in the summer? Yeah, I think from an Aberdeen's fans' point of view, the majority seem quite happy with Barry Robson in the mm-hmm. short term to get them through to the end of the season. As you said, there is no threat really of relegation, albeit you know <laughs> some supporters might think differently at the moment, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Robson knows the club inside out. He's been involved in the, the youth setup for a long time as well. Um, obviously, has a good um, knowledge of the first team squad as well. Um, I'm sure, you know, I think there'll be a kind of support network put in place around him. Um, and personally, I think uh, they should stick with Robson until the end of the season. It will give Cormac more time, as he said. He needs to get this right. He cannot rush the. Well, can he rush the decision? <laughs> Fans need to give up hope, I'd say, at this moment of European football oh, next yeah. season as well. You know, that's another thing that obviously Aberdeen fans have kind of prided themselves on for a long time, getting into Europe. that doesn't look like uh, that's achievable now this year. Um, personally, I think uh, the best bet would be to to, to stick with Robson until the end of the season, um, let a, a mediocre season, um, you know, come to an end and, and regroup in the summer. But uh, as you said, I mean, you got just touching on, on Goodwin there, you know, he, he does have a good eye for a player, you know, mm-hmm. it's a poor, albeit, you know, Aberdeen can't defend, he brought, you know, Louis Duke Lopez has been brilliant, um, yeah. Rian Miofsky, you know, without his goals, Aberdeen could be looking at a really, you know, worst position than they're currently in, um, so, you know, there's a decent core there, um, you know, but however, you know, you do have to question some of the the, the signings he has brought in as well at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. From the the other side of that game though as well, Hibs didn't have a it was a pretty tumultuous week for Hibs as well. Going into this, they've obviously lost Portis to Kevin Nisbet is still a Hibs player for the time being. Bashiri's been out injured as well. Josh Campbell scores a hat trick in six now and it just calms the thing calms everything down at Hibs for the time being as well. I know they were probably licking their chops and during that game, but they certainly, I mean, Josh Campbell's been a big player. It just shows you what one game can do. They're in a far better place now than they were this time last week. Yeah, definitely. I think Campbell will be saying as well, uh, can I play Aberdeen every week? <laughs> to score against them. Um, yeah, no, as you said, I mean, it seemed to really kind of tick, tick for Hibs. Uh, ironic after probably one of the, the rockiest weeks in uh, the, the club's history, really. You know, the, a lot of uh, talk around some, some, uh, Big big departures, obviously the, the Kevin Nisbet move um, falling through at the last moment. I think everyone was kind of rather surprised by that. Um, yeah, apparently um, Johnson was saying in his press uh, that uh, he's so keen to play on the way back up. He was saying, "I need to start Gaffer," <laughs> <laughs> which uh, you know you, you love his enthusiasm for the game. And as you said, Porteous has been a, a, a real stalwart in the, the the side for. A good number of years now, so he'll certainly be a miss defensively. But yeah, I mean, there's been a lot, a lot, a lot of you know comings and goings at Hibs. Albeit Hibs fans will probably want to see a couple more in the door mm. before the end of the window because I do think on paper their their squad is still um, relatively light. But they need to get they deserve a lot of credit yesterday, especially under the pressure that Lee Johnson was on to uh, to rise to that and, and put six past her. And Aberdeen side, who obviously you, you would have thought going into the game it had been billed as the El Sakico, yeah. um, that uh, both sides would have been up for it for the first whistle, but that certainly didn't prove to be the case. Yeah, it turned out to be a, a really good day at the office for Hibs and not so much for Aberdeen, who've got a big journey ahead of them. Uh, we'll go to Ibrooks next. Rangers 2, St Johnson now. Uh, Tavernier with Penaway, Kamara with a second half goal the referee decisions we'll touch on in a wee minute but while looking at both sides of the the game I thought similar performance to what Rangers have had so far this season so far under Bill very very effective but not overly like, I wouldn't say it was they're getting the job done yeah it's, it's not it, I mean it's not brilliant to watch but they're they're getting results and that's that is all all that matters I think I thought Cantwell was quite decent his debut showed some touches as well, Hadji coming back, I think it's a big plus. I like Bill's comments when he said after the game that's the strongest the squad's been. I think he's right. I think he'll probably he'll definitely want at least two in the door before Tuesday. And it's just it just they're just getting the job done. That's a perfect description for it. 
Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, from, by all accounts, it was a comfortable enough victory yesterday. I think, you know, St. Johnson manager Callum Davidson felt uh, quite agreed by a couple of decisions. And maybe on another day, you know, they might have looked looking at a slightly different result. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're grinding out wins, but they're not, you know, it's still not easy on the eye. Some fans will be hoping that, as you said, a couple of new faces in the door can kind of really um, lift the lift the style of play. But you know, fair play to Michael Bailey. Came in at a, a really challenging time. He's uh, he's managed to kind of galvanise the squad um, when it was kind of quite a, a, a poor state, and uh, he's managed to bring them all together. Um, obviously, he, he has good relationships. You can quite clearly see now that Velos yeah. um, is his number one striking option. Uh, I know Cholak was back in the squad yesterday, but it's quite clear that uh, he prefers to, to start with Morelos up front. And yeah, as you said, Tat Cantwell, I thought in flashes, um, you know, a, a brilliant pass for Morelos in the build-up to the second goal. Yeah, Great it's a really good finish as well. Look, it's a, it shows you with Kamara. He, do, he does have that in his locker, the ability to finish as well. Yeah, I just looked really steady from Rangers, I would say. The decisions, let's get into those three big decisions in the game. Again, we'll put on what we're referee glasses. The first one's obviously the penalty the Rangers get. As much the this as a penalty, the rules of the game, as much the defender can do. Um, no, I felt a wee bit hard hard I, I thought it was harsh on, on James Brown, to be honest, um, given where his kind of arm was. Um it's just, it seems to be the common common theme at the moment with these VAR decisions, really. I think, you know, we, we saw it um, the other week with uh, with Ambrose at, at Celtic Park. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, I, I don't understand what you can do in that scenario, really. Um, in terms of his body positioning, um, you know, I, I, it, is a, it is a penalty. Um, but, you know, if you're a St. Johnson fan, you, you're, you're rightly livid with the decision. I just think I, I I just think there's very little he can do and it's coming towards him. There's not much he can do. His hand is his hand up and up maybe where it shouldn't be, possibly, but I don't think it's just that one. It's it's he's he's not making an attempt to play the ball with his hand. So is it a is it a deliberate handball? But the rules of the game say it is a handball. The Nicky Clark one's probably the one for me that I feel is the the one, the spot on one. It is a dangerous tack. He's not going in deliberately to hurt Ryan Jack, but he does have his, his foot high up in the air. He is, he is, it's in a dangerous position. I think it is a red, although I, I do have sympathy for the player because he's he's not going in with malicious intent. Mm-hmm. He is still, he is still too high and he does connect. We've seen, obviously, there's a, a gash in Ryan Jack's leg. It shows you there was contact. Yeah, I do think that's I do think that's the one I would say. Yeah, that's the one he got right. That I think that I, I'm convinced that I think the referee got that right. And I'm not a Wally Collin fan, as we'll get get to in a second. But the, yeah, that I would say that as a red. But as it it's really really un, unlucky. I would say you could tell by Jack's reaction. You yeah. know what he does. You know, just seconds later, he clearly kind of has that in the back of his mind. Um, yeah, as he said, I mean. It is a red card, yeah. There's, there's no, no complaints about it. It was a poor challenge, um, and he rightly walked for it. Um, however, I think we'll, we'll come on to this um, now, just a minute later. Right. The one I've got with this is Ryan Jack. He doesn't make contact. I don't think from what I've saw, he doesn't make contact. That is in the box, and it's a booking. So why is it not a penalty? Yes. That yeah. is the bad. I don't. Nobody's mentioned this. I've not seen this in sports scene. I've not seen it in any. Things I've saw on the internet or anything like that. If that's a foul in the box, why is that not a penalty kick? Yes. Yeah. That to me is ludicrous. Especially the speed he's coming in at as well. Uh, yeah. Oh no, I'm I'm it's, not it's a straight leg. It's a straight leg yeah. as well. You can't get it, it probably has a red. And um the problem I've got with this as well, and this is where VAR does need address because mm-hmm. this to me is the lack of cohesion. Wally Column has been told in his ear that he needs to go to the monitor. Yep. Now, nine times out of ten, we know what that means. That decision should be overturned in the VR mind's opinion. What is Willie Collum sticking by his decision? So what is the what is he being told in his ear? Why? Do you know what I mean? It's just that, yeah. that to me seems weird. But yeah, I'm astonished that if that's a foul, why is it not a penalty kick? Because it's in mm-hmm. the box. 
there's no attempt. He's not. He doesn't win the ball. He, he doesn't make contact. But it is a bad challenge. If he connects him, it is a red card. Yeah, and and that's where I think Callum Davidson's got you know a lot yeah. to to you know complain about. Um, you know, I know he was booked um, for for his kind of protest. Um, but you know. <laughs> If if you're seeing that from and and you're watching it back, you know as you said how that's not a penalty. The game's the game's gone. The game's gone. The game's Scott. gone. Yeah, I mean I think we just need to shut up shop. It's a it's it's just a strange one. Again, obviously we we know what the narrative becomes with decisions and things like that, and I'm fed up listening to it. To be honest, it's the same every weekend. But that one, I I agree. What. Why was Willie Collum called to the monitor? Why did he not change his mind? If he's happy with that decision, why is it not a penalty kick? It's a yellow card, so therefore it's a foul. You don't stop the game because you think, do you know what I mean? It's a, that's a foul. Surely that's a foul, a challenge worthy of a foul, so therefore yep. there needs to be a reward on the other side. That to me is weird. What who, was happened? In charge, who was in charge of the VAR? I think it was Nick Walsh. Nick Walsh, right, okay. Quite an so, experience. Very experienced official as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, aye, it's just that it's another weekend we're talking about VAR and decisions, but the the one bugbear I had is I kind of understand why each decision was made, but that was the last one. Even if it's a red card or not, it's a foul, therefore it's a penalty. Yeah. It's in the box. Again, this is, world... this, is, this is the inconsistencies, you know. It's constantly happening week on week at the moment. When's, when's it going to change? Yeah. And I do think VAR is going to be a force of good. I just think it's not the, the people in charge don't really know how, how to use it and they're not properly coached on it. St. Johnson, a fair St. Johnson perspective, even though that means it's six losses in a row, the last two games against Rangers, they'll take positives, especially been down for, to 10 men for so long. I think they'll be... Although the result, you don't, you're not judging your performances against Rangers or Celtic. But if St. Johnson can keep those performances up, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think you know, um, they they did show in flashes that uh, they they have got some some decent quality. I think uh, Daniel Phillips particularly impressed yeah. me. Ibrox, I thought he was um, very good, um, very effective in the, the midfield alongside uh, the the boy McPherson. Um, you know, I, I think, in all honesty, Callum Davidson might be he's scratching his head a bit that uh, that they they uh, played more than half the game with ten men, um, or at least kind of that wasn't balanced up on on Rangers side. Um, but yeah, I think that, I'm right in thinking they go to Motherwell on Wednesday night. Yeah, so they do. Yeah, you, you'll be looking at that, saying great opportunity to to bounce back given the the current. Uh, position that they find themselves in the table um, and as you said they, they are playing some some decent football um, I watched the cup tie last weekend mm-hmm. albeit you know Rangers deserve to go through they did show in flashes that uh, they've got enough about them this season uh, to not get sucked into a relegation battle yeah absolutely we'll move up to Dingwall on Saturday if we have I think I've said it every week if Ross County could find their scoring boots they would be a quite a decent side and they'd pick up a result they certainly found it against Kilmarnock. Probably is, is good a time to do it for Ross County. A 3-0 home win. Goals from Brophy, White and Danda. Malcolm Mackay will be sitting. What a huge three points. He'll be delighted with that. Because, and they found their scoring boots at the right time. Yes, yeah, definitely. And um, from what I heard reports-wise yesterday, Kilmarnock were actually the better team mm-hmm. uh, during the game and didn't take their chances. So, yeah, um, a massive three points for Ross County. Showing their battling qualities, they know um, the the position that you know they're very good of navigating their way out of these type of predicaments, and uh, it's results like that that uh, will give them a, a fighting chance of of staying up this year. Um, at one time, at the start of last week, I thought it looked bleak for them. At one point, there was talk about Jordan White leaving for mm-hmm. St. Johnson. Um, there was no murmur about Eamon Brophy coming in. I know Stephen Robinson, having spoken to him yesterday, at, uh, was at the St Mirren game, mm-hmm. wasn't keen to let him go in the first place. Um, I'll explain why later. But, you know, all of a sudden they've got goal scorers. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was a, a tremendous result for them yesterday. Um, as I said, Kilmarnock were the better side. I thought Jordan Jones was terrific. 
um, down his uh, side of the pitch. Um, but Kilmarnock's, Kilmarnock's feelings are, are just putting the ball in the back of the net. And, and to Ross County's credit, they're, they're finally starting to, to, to find their shooting boots. I think the big time with Kilmarnock was very simple. They they didn't take the chances and they conceded and they conceded really cheap goals. And that's the difference in games like that. You need to be the better if you're the better side, you need to take your chances and you can't you need to be solid at the back. And the better team were the, the better team probably didn't win the game. And they that's still, a, haven't, still haven't won on the road this season. They're the only team that haven't won away from home. A massive concern for Derek McInnes. It is, yeah, it is, and we we've seen in the past few weeks as well. Kilmarnock, even even against Rangers and at Celtic at Hamden, they are capable of some really good performances. Yep. They just need to get. They just need to cut that final ball to click. They need everything to work out. They do have another massive game on Wednesday. They need to beat the United at home. Yes. Yeah. Huge. Huge. They'll 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 be thankful that it is at Rugby Park, as mm-hmm. you said. With their current form at home, um, yeah, as you said, I mean, it's a decent squad on paper. I do worry about the lack of goals, they do rely really heavily on Lafferty. You know, we yeah. saw what happened when he was out there for 10 games, you know, they did miss having that kind of big physical target man to aim at. That's the kind of the way they like to, to play. Um, I think what their top scorer this season, I'm right, and thinking, I don't know, Ash Taylor's up there, you know, he's gonna surprise me, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, I, I would like to see um, Kyle Vassell kick on a wee bit, yeah. find him um, early in the window. They'll be hoping that kind of he can really um, make his mark over the next couple of months. Um, and, uh, yeah, as I said, I mean, it's a huge game. That's a real kind of six-pointer you're looking at. Um, <coughs> I know it's still early enough in the season to be saying that, but, you know, Dundee United are in there scrapping for their lives as well, so... Um, a hugely important uh, and, and the way things are going for Kamarnik, you know, they're going to rely on their home wins um, to, to try and stay in the, 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 premier, the premiership. So um, they, they, uh, this is another, as you said, a massive game for them and they, they need to take three points. We'll move into the game at St Marin. St Marin won, Ross, uh, Motherwell now. You were at the game. Curtis made my goal. The floor is yours. What was your overall takeaways from the game? Um, not a classic Scott, wasn't great. Um, classic game of football, to be honest. Um, St. Mirren had to scrap for this uh, three points. I've, I've watched a fair amount of them this season, and that's what they have in abundance you know, a real um, ability to dig out a result when they're not playing particularly well. Um, I know they're they've had their issues on their travels this season, but that's 12 games unbeaten now at home. Yeah, uh, we look invincible at this moment in time. Um, and they do play some good football. Um, Motherwell, I'd be a wee bit concerned about Motherwell. Um, lacking real punch up front in the final third, did get into some really good areas yesterday. Um, but lacking quality, who's 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 pitching him in the goals? It's McKinstry that seems to be their only yeah. kind of threat, isn't it? Like- yeah. yeah, as you said, uh, Van Veen was kind of a very isolated figure yesterday. Um, I know they brought in the Japanese boy that they'll be hoping... But my only worry about that is how they adapt to the league. You know, it might take them a bit of time to to settle in. Um, Motherwell are lacking goals, um, and uh, defensively look rather shaky as well. The, the the Lamy Ricky Lamy in particular, I thought you know he's normally uh, you know a good tried and trusted defender at this level, but he uh, he had a nightmare yesterday up against Curtis May, and he was tremendous and epitomised everything Smirin are really in terms of their energy and and um, an effort. So, uh, yeah, no, very good. Very good uh, three points for St Mirren. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, good result for St Mirren as well. Motherwell in a bit of trouble. I want to touch on Motherwell later on. We'll move into the two games today. Not a classic at the Tony Macaroni Arena. Livingston now, Hearts now. I thought Hearts were very, very wasteful. I thought they missed a lot of chances. Livingston again, they just keep, they just do what they do. They just make it hard. They battle hard. And... That that's kind of that's kind of the story of the game, wasn't it? It was just a Hearts had a lot of chances, and Livingston just did what they did, and I now know draw was the result. Yeah, it was a bit of a slog. Yeah, um, I think uh, it was a couple of debutants. Um, well, not sorry, debutants. Sorry, the the Japanese boy for for Hearts. Uh, oh, Dan Cool, yeah. And, uh, cool, yeah. They, they were most crucial chances. They did. They did. Um, yeah, and uh, I thought. Uh, 
Kyle, Kyle Rolls, the sensational clearance um, from, from, I think it was Stephen Bradley, kept kept him in the game. Um, yeah, fair play, you know, I think Hearts had 5,000 fans there as well today. Yeah, so. some, some, some display. Yeah, um, really good to see um, from their point of view. Um, I, I, I was told beforehand that uh, there's kind of been illness in the camp this week as well. Okay. Um, so I'm not too sure if that kind of had a, an impact on on Robbie Nielsen's team selection or anything like that. Um, so because uh, I think he, he what was he made five changes um, this week. So from 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 the other day. So um, yeah, I'm not too sure if that kind of had an impact. Maybe disrupted the the the, the you know the side a wee bit. But uh, yeah, uh, a missed opportunity for Livingston though. Uh, you know it was an opportunity to close the gap on uh, on Hearts and third. Um, but yeah, I mean, on the balance of play, Hearts should have, they had enough chances to win their game. And uh, as you said, very wasteful, um, which will be uh, disappointing from Nielsen, uh, Nielsen's point of view. But, you know, they've got enough quality from them at this current moment in time. I can't see them being caught in third position, really. Yeah, two sides, I think, rock solid for top six. Hearts obviously will. Livingston, I think, if they keep, that's the games where Livingston, if they walk away with anything, they'll take it as a massive result because... Hearts, hearts were on a good run of form. They obviously had some attacking talent today and they just make it difficult, Livingston. They're so good at it. And yeah, that probably a tremendous result for Livingston more than anybody. Livingston goalkeeper got the man of the match today as well. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, yeah. So. Kind of shows you, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, next game, final game, the United now Celtic 2. Two second half goals from Jota and Aaron Moy penalty. Wasn't a classic Celtic performance, but it was it was effective, and I want to just touch on some some numbers here, and I wanted to get your thoughts. Nineteenth domestic game unbeaten for Celtic since they lost to St Marin, and a fiftieth win in sixty one Premiership games since Postecoglou took took over. That's some remarkable consistency. It's it's brilliant, isn't it? Sensational, really. And that's the difference. Yes, yeah, and that is it. That that's kind of why they built up the the gap at the top nine points. Um, they're going to be incredibly hard to catch. Uh, just relentless, just relentless. Just the quality he's got throughout his squad. You know the, the players he's able to bring on as well as well when they yeah. aren't particularly well. It's just frightening Scott at the moment, um, and that's something I, I made a big you know issue about during the first half of the season. Rangers didn't have that. They didn't have the options on the bench. Yeah. Um, and and Celtic, you know, you look at the position of strength that they went into the January window with, and they've only gone and added, you know, extra bits of real quality in and around there. You know, he's got a fantastic eye for a player. Um, he obviously knows the, the the Asian market incredibly well. Um, he's going to continue to utilise that, I think, as long as he's at Parkhead, um, because it's been so effective for him. And uh, yeah, it's just. It's outstanding. It's outstanding. Albeit, you know, they only came away with the two goals. I was, uh, I was disappointed. It was nine last time they went yeah. to time, so. <laughs> But that's the thing. They're just even, even when they're not playing well, they're just getting results and they're, they're winning games. And they have such a tremendous array of talent in that team. I mean, for example, we've touched on this so often about the recruitment. Juranovic and Jakimakis, I would say, are two big losses. Mm-hmm. But they're replaced before they're even sold. And that's the thing. That's that's the difference, I think, in terms of recruitment between Celtic and Rangers. Celtic have that ability. They they they're forward planning. They're prepared to. Rangers sold somebody tomorrow. There isn't. Any, do you know what I mean? If an offer came in tomorrow, they'd be gone, and they'd have no replacement because that Celtic are a bit further forward in terms of. But again, Celtic are just they're, they're just going about their business. They haven't been in. I wouldn't say the a couple of games. Maybe they've been they've been in kind of fourth or fifth gear. They haven't really had to be. They've just been so solid, just easy to a really good performance. Carl McGregor, four hundredth appearance. They brought on the boy uh, O that's came from South Korea again. You'll need a bit of time. You'll need a bit of time. You'll need a bit of time, but yeah, you'll get it. Do you know what I mean? There's so much. There's so many talents, like so much options there as well, and they always seem to have. Like when they've got the say they've seven forward players, everybody seems to complement each other really well. See when they've got the see when they play kind of three up front, like even if it's like a I've said before, I always thought Celtic's best cohesive front three was Jota, Jack Marcus, and uh, Maeda because they all did different things. And obviously, you had the 
the kind of joker there in Kyogo who would come in and could do do something, do something that all three do. But Kyogo's now the kind of main striker, and I've said before, Kyogo's got the IQ just to be a remarkable player. Yeah, yeah, he's he's fright, very frightening to watch. Um, his movement, I don't know if you've managed to so intelligent, yeah, yeah, it's just brilliant. He's just got such a uh, a great vision for a pass as well. Um, that, that's something you can see the partnership he's got, in particular with Maeda, anytime they play yeah. together. Um, that's something that I've kind of really noticed. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a top, top talent, and I think Celtic fans should enjoy him while they've got him, to be honest, because it won't be won't be further, too far down the line before he moves on to, to bigger and better things, I'd say. Yeah, we'll, we'll obviously touch later on in the, the games during the week as well. We'll do a wee predict, predictor for that. Uh, we'll go into the Championship. I want to get your thoughts on the results. We'll just go through them here. Championship, uh, it's been a, a pretty... Pretty good weekend, I would say, for clubs maybe below Queen's Park. Obviously, uh, Cove now A5, Wraith 2, Inverness 2, Partick Thistle now, Hamilton 1, Morton 1 are both 2, and Dundee 3, Queen's Park now. Aaron Dundee closed the gap in Queen's Park, and big ones at the bottom for Arbroath and Hamilton. Yep, yep. Um, mightily impressed with the air on Friday night. Sure, very good, yeah. On BBC Scotland, yeah. Um, Josh Millen's free kick at the end, just fantastic way to, to round off the scoring. I thought Cove were really poor. Um, Air look really, really strong. They do look genuine title contenders at the moment, which is fair play to Lee Bullen because I wouldn't have said that at the start of the season. Um, and a lot has been made this month about keeping hold of Akin Yemi. At this moment, they appear to have done so, um, which is only going to uh, aid their cause going forward. So I think they've got a real chance, um, Air, going forward um, this season. Queen's Park, that was a damaging result for them um, going up to Dundee, albeit, you know, Dundee, I, I watched them uh, the week before against St Mirren in the Scottish Cup, um, kind of down to the bare bones with with injuries and, and various bits and bobs, but um, Gary Boer starting to to, to click um, up there. And, and to be honest, I, I kind of thought that would be the case for Dundee. I felt like that if they could, you know, build up a, a couple of wins that they could really be. And if you ask the majority of the managers in that league, they would say Dundee would be the team that yeah. they'd feel most. Um, and uh, that was a, a, a kind of real statement result from them, I thought, yesterday. Um, you know, there's been talk about players like Zach Rudden um, leaving before the end of the deadline. But, you know, Jakubiak stepped up uh, yesterday and probably should score more goals than... Uh, he does, um, but yeah, no, that was a, a hugely impressive result. And uh, Hamilton, got a touch on Hamilton, um, going to Partick Thistle, um, who have got a, a tremendous home record um, to go to, to Firhill and, and take three points. Starting to turn the corner now um, under John Rankin, um, and, and maybe that's because he's, he's added a, a couple of experienced heads. I know he put in Dylan McGowan as captain straight away. Good, good decision because that's what they were lacking. They were lacking, you know, a lot of young boys there. They brought in the boy Dylan Stevenson from uh, yeah. Newcastle United, who uh, I'd watched a couple of videos of before, and he um, he looks fairly impressive. So uh, um, good business so far. You'll be hoping maybe to get another one in the door before the end of the window, but uh, they've given themselves a chance of uh, getting out of the position they find themselves in. Yeah, we'll move into League One. We'll just go through results. Airdrie 4, Alloa 0, Clyde 1, Dunfermline 1, FC Edinburgh 1, Falkirk 2, Montrose 3, Kelty Hearts 3 and Peterhead 1, Queen of the South 3. Probably Airdrie 4, Alloa 0 is a result. Airdrie obviously overtake Alloa with that result. They'll be delighted with that. Yeah, yeah, they certainly will. Um, Airdrie's biggest problem seems to be consistency and just finding it um, You know, going forward. I mean, one week they're brilliant, the next they're they're miles off it. Um, I think they will finish in the playoff spots this season. I can't see them um, finishing higher than where they are at the moment. I think they'll be the, the final team to, to get into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I mean, fair play. You know, Reese McCabe's gone in there as a player manager, something um, I'm not overly keen on uh, seeing, to be honest. But uh, he seemed to have really taken to it like a duck to water. So um, uh, yeah, that was an impressive result for them yesterday. Um, yeah. Falkirk obviously cut the gap in Dunfermline as well. Dunfermline slip up away to Clyde. It's five points. Again, Falkirk going to FC Edinburgh and a, a big result. Again, it just I do think Dunfermline will win the league, but Falkirk are certainly giving it a right good go. 
And and so you'd expect a club the size of Falkirk, you know, you'd you think with a manager like John McGlynn behind them, you know, again, I think he's signed well so far this window and brought in a couple of players on loan of good, you know, good, good pedigree for that level. Um, I think they will really serve it up to them. Um, that was a, a damaging result for Dunfermline yesterday, a result that might galvanise Clyde. That could be a huge point in terms of them at the opposite end of the table. Um, but yeah, no, I think, as you said, I still think Dunfermline will get over the line, but uh, I'm expecting Falkirk to really kind of serve it up to them over the, the remaining months of the season. Yeah, uh, League 2, Albion nil, 4 for 1, Annan 3, East 5 nil, Dumbarton 1, Bonnerig Rose nil, Stenhouse Muir 2, Elgin nil, and Stirling Albion 1, Stranraan nil. Top of the table, Dumbarton and Stirling, tight 1 nil wins, 4 for in a really good run as well. Annan keeping it going, and Stenhouse Muir, big result, 5 big wins I would say for the 5, five, big t- five teams in good form. Yes, yeah, very much so. Uh, this is a such an intriguing league because I think there's only was it twenty points top to bottom. You yeah, know, it's twenty three. Yeah, so it's sorry, it's so tightly congested. Um, any anyone really can you know if you can string th- two or three wins together, then that's you know seen as a good run in this league. So, mm-hmm. uh, and Barton obviously in a strong position at the moment. Uh, again, seem to be churning out results when they need to be. Um, you know, Sterling Albion, to their credit, um, probably don't have as strong a squad on paper, but a really good manager in Darren Young. Yeah. Um, I've always rated him. And uh, I could mention for Forfar, who I tipped at the uh, start. Yeah, sorry, did you? Under Ray McKinnon, um, you know, bottom in the table. He's uh, now on the verge of getting into the playoff spots. Um, and, you know, Ray McKinnon, he knows he knows the Scottish leagues inside out, especially the lower leagues, and made a couple of good additions with bringing some boys in from Dundee United on loan. So I'm um, hoping that they can uh, continue their um, trajectory up the table. Yeah, a big, busy weekend in the SPFL. We're going to move into the new segment on the show, the shocker of the week. Lewis, you know as well as I do, Scottish football is more than capable of producing. Every week we hear a, a silly headline from somewhere that makes us laugh and makes us cringe. What do you think of this? And I'm again, people will say I'm I'm off my head for saying this, but please bear with me. Rangers announced a new clothing partnership. Did you see this in the? I did. Yeah. The world of social media the other day. Now, I have to be honest here. Rangers and ACDC are not a combination I thought I would ever see. Now, <laughs> when I first saw the announcement, I thought it was maybe ACDC were announcing a concert at Ibrox, and I thought. Yeah, we've seen it. Harry Styles has been there, for example. But we have, if you want, if you're a Rangers and an ACDC fan, then you have some gear to take, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we have a new Rangers and ACDC clothing line. Now, I have two things with this, right? The first thing is, it was announced on the 26th of January, five days before the transfer window. Can somebody in the Rangers social media team not wait till February the second <laughs> until the because this the common theme was not positive. A lot of people thought that as why are Rangers announcing this during a transfer window when they're they're getting a bit frustrated at how long it's taken to sign players? What was this? I know, I know. It seemed a bit farcical, and obviously we had Celtic kind of taking the Mickey out of them. That was uh, brilliant, to be fair. I did, I did have a wee chuckle at that. Yeah, with their back in black uh, comments. Yeah, so, that was good. Yeah, yeah. So talk me, talk me, talk, talk to me about it. So they they brought out a collection, and it's based around ACDC's first ever gig in Scotland. Well, I seem to, yeah, that seems to be the theme. Yeah, but there's also there's also a photo going about. I don't know if it's real or not. With the the ACDC frontman was. As a Rangers fan, I didn't know that. I've always been under the impression they were Newcastle fans. They were from you again. What? Why now? Why has that been announced? Why somebody thought we are going to announce this this day, five days before the transfer window? How many people will be sitting in their laptop or their phone, Rangers supporters, desperate for transfer news, and they see an announcement (laughs) and they think, "Yes, here we go," and it's ACDC closing line. It'll be interesting to see what the sales are like in the club shop on that <laughs> And again, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna say anything about the the board and this, for example, because I just think I just think it's silly. And I'm again, 
I just don't get it at all. That that is a if it was me, the first thing I'd be going is, well, we'll we'll put that off a week. We'll put that off until the transfer window's done. Something you might somebody might be looking for a shoot to thrill T-shirt. I don't know. Or, uh, it certainly gave me a chuckle. As you said, I mean, fans will be. It's a difficult one because at the moment, you know. The transfer, you know, there's big talk about Morgan Whitaker, there's big talk about Nicholas Raskin. You know, supporters will have <laughs> a lot of them. I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just very, very odd timing. It's just very, very odd timing. I mean, and, the only way, the only way that could have worked is if Nicholas Raskin was was walking down Ibrox. Fair enough. Wearing, with, a, with a thunderstruck in the background, wearing an <laughs> ACDC T-shirt. That would, that, that, do you know? I mean, that's how you announce it. I just it was it certainly gave me a chuckle. The other one I had in my mind was Dave Cormack's statement because it's probably the worst statement I've ever seen from us. And I've I've seen the the Rangers Derek McInnes statement, but that statement to me was horrendous. Got and it kind of shows, and it kind of shows a guy. And I don't know Dave Cormack. Dave Cormack is probably a very successful businessman. He would have to be to be able to buy Aberdeen. But you need somebody there in that regard. And this is something I've had a lot of criticism towards non-football people who come in. And I'm not even going into like talking about the, the characters in Aberdeen dressing room and things like that. I think the club has has a big problem right now. And I think it's at the top. I don't think they have football people in there. Stuart Milne is still there as a, as a non-executive director. I mean, Stuart Milne was pretty good at kind of reading the Aberdeen room and things like that. I think Dave Cormack needs somebody to help him because the statement was pretty poor. Yeah. And he kind of deserves a place in this list. It struck me as well as if he was looking for a bit of sympathy. You yeah. know, he, he talked about he talked about being a an Aberdeen fan. You know, back at Easter Road when they won the league in the nineteen eighties, and you know, he knows how the supporters are feeling. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it was a bit cringeworthy. Um, some of the the, the the things he said. You know that that you know he kind of opened up on how Jim Goodwin you know greeted him after the game and and. You know, various bits and bobs. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't... I think he mentioned four times, I want to get this right. I'm determined yeah. to get this right. Well, you know, and, he, and he, he said it isn't down to lack of investment as well. Um, which, I, I just, as you said, he needs some support. I'm not sure that he's got... He's come from... He's he's based out in America, isn't he? He's he's not kind of in and around the scene yeah. of Scottish football all the time. And as he said, Stuart Milne, who knows the club, you know far better, I'd say, than than Cormac does, um, based on his his previous time in charge as chairman. Um, he needs to step up now. At the moment, um, I feel that there needs to kind of be. I know they were holding meetings today, weren't they? At a Tawdry to kind of thrash out a couple of things, so it'll be intriguing to see kind of what happens over the, the coming weeks um, in terms of, you know, Cormac get, getting a bit of additional support. And fans of our Chronicle Rangers Journey podcast will love the fact that Dave Cormac has taken a leaf out the David Murray playbook and named the training ground after himself. There's <laughs> nothing like a bit of ego to hit in Scottish football, is there? <laughs> No comment. <laughs> but we do have some midweek action. We've got a full Premiership card, actually. We do have two Scottish Cup uh, both-round games as well that we'll obviously, uh, you'll obviously be able to hear about on our extra show that is probably going to go out on Friday morning. But I'm going to put you in the spot, Lewis. We're going to bring back a predictor. We're going to play a predictor game. We've got the six games. We're going to ask the viewers as well. If you want to send in your predictions below... And we'll do it on social media as well. We'll start on Tuesday night. Ross County, a massive home game for them. Can they get the run going as they host Hibs, who are obviously off the back of a 6-0 home win? I'm going to go for a draw on that one. I think it will be 2-2. I've not predicted Ross County will score any more than a goal this season. But I think they'll score two on Tuesday. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw between Ross County and Hibs. Lewis, what have we got? Um, I agree with Scott. I'm sitting two, on the two. Um, I, I think I'm going 1-1. One, one. One, one one, you're going one one, right? Yep. Aberdeen versus St. Mirren. If there's a game I can't predict, it is this. What will Aberdeen bounce back? I think St. Mirren will get a point at least. I'm going to go for a nil nil draw. I think that's a nil nil the weekend, the midweek. 
I'm going bold. I think St Mirren will win. The okay. record at Audrey is not good. However, I think uh, they're just in a state of array that I've never seen Aberdeen in before in a long, long time. Um, it's at least the Mark McGee days. That's that's the worst I can find. I can remember it. Uh, uh, I'm Curtis Main, Jonah Iunga. They've got a physical presence that makes them really hard to play against. And I think with Aberdeen's fragility at the back at the moment, I'm going St Mirren to win 2-1. Wow, 2-1 St Mirren. We'll go to Celtic Park next. Celtic versus Livingston. Celtic in a remarkable run of consistency. Livingston, always a tough opponent. Celtic, I think, 3-0. Yeah, yeah, I can't see Livingston scoring, to be honest, Scott. So uh, I'm, I'm going 3-0 as well. 3-0 yeah. for uh, Lewis. Uh, Hearts versus Rangers, tough game. Third against second. Can Michael Beale keep his one and one going? Hearts are 10 games unbeaten in the league. This could be a tight affair. I think Rangers will win 2-1. 1-0 Rangers. 1-0 uh, Rangers? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm going for Ryan Kent to score as well. Well, we've even got a first goal scorer. Brilliant. We'll, we'll see. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, massive game at the bottom of the league. Kilmarnock versus the D United. Must win game for both sides. I do think Kelly will win. I'm going to go 1 0 Kilmarnock. I'm going to go down and take in this game. Um, okay. I'm, I'm intrigued to see kind of how, how it pans out. Um, I'm going 1 1 uh, draw. Okay. I think. Uh, you know, as you said, two teams desperate for three points, but I just think it'll be one of those kind of real tough physical battles, very little to separate the, the teams. Um, yeah, 1-1 one, one draw. Brilliant. And the final game of the midweek and the Scottish Premiership, Motherwell, another must-win game for them. Both two teams in really poor runs, can't buy a win. Well, one of them, Motherwell versus St. Johnson, I'm going to go now now again. I'm going St. Johnson win. Okay. I worry for Motherwell at the moment. Um, I don't know if they've got enough leaders on that pitch based on what I saw yesterday. Um, I'm concerned. Um, as I said, Stevie Hammer, I spoke to him yesterday. He was hope, very hopeful that uh, Dan Zaki will be in a position to play. Obviously, he has been playing um, coming over from, from Brisbane Roar. Um, just waiting on the international clearance. He was hoping to have that in time yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um but I just think St. Johnson, I, I think they've got a big, big performance in them on the back of the last couple of uh, matches. I really do. So St. Johnson to win 3-1. 3-1, big call. Uh, again, just a, if you want to send your predictions in, then please send them in the comments. We're going to start a wee predictor league from now until the end of the season. And we'll obviously keep a track of it. We're going to announce the results every weekend on the Scottish Football Show. And that will do us for this week's episode, Lewis. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, Scott. Yeah, another action-packed weekend of uh, things to get through. Really enjoyed it. It was Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, everyone that's tuned in. Please follow us on social media. If you want to send in your Shocker of the Week, then please send it via social media. There's plenty. There's always plenty to get through. And obviously send your wee predictor in. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers. (laughs) 